Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, December 6, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 73. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, we must be entirely honest, and ends on page 74 with, who do not understand alcoholics. Today's readers are Tenzin P., Wendy M., Susan H., Cindy M., and Naomi B. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 5th, 2019, 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern Time meetings are 13,763 and 13,765, respectively. That's 13763 for the 7 a.m. meeting and 13765 for the 10 a.m. meeting. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. Uh, in New York City. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly 
ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin P. I will now ask Wendy M. to read the OA 12 tradition. Good morning. I'm Wendy M. from Raleigh, North Carolina, a recovered compulsive overeater, and these are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Wendy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 73. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, We must be entirely honest, and ends on page 74 with, Who do not understand alcoholics. I will now ask Susan H. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful today. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession, must, and of course will, want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. Well, when I was at this point working the steps uh, the first time around, there was no choice. I I absolutely uh, was not associated with with the religion. And entirely honest was not terribly easy for me, but um, dealing with my sponsor was the only choice for me. I could not think of anyone who I could trust in that way with my secrets. They were just too bad. (laughs) Um, I I like especially, uh, we must be entirely honest. I was honest to the absolute best of my ability. And as as our practice is never something that that ends, we never achieve that goal, and we're all all we're good to go. <laughs> we must continue to learn. I learn more about honesty, and uh, my honesty can grow because it has. My gratefulness can grow because it has. Um, I am so glad that this is not a a stagnant place to be. It is a place that continues to change. And uh, I have never encountered someone who wanted to uh, give their this step to, to another person. But, you know, I, I like this. Our textbook, our textbook gives us choices in so many different directions. Um, but the steps are exactly the same. So 
I am very grateful for where I am. I am very grateful and not afraid to keep learning more. And I'm very grateful to get a chance to share my thoughts about this paragraph. So thanks for the opportunity to give service, and I will pass. Thank you, Susan H., for getting us started. If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 73 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Harlan G. Irene B. I heard Harlan G. and Irene B. And did I hear you, L.? Yes. And was it Ilana P? Yes. Gotcha. Sandy S. Sandy S. Boy, that was clear. I have Harlan G. Kathy G. Thank you. Sure. I'll tell you who I have. And if I didn't hear your name, you might be able to add it. Harlan G, Irene B, Du L, Alana P, Sandy S, and Kathy G. Did someone say their name and I missed it? Okay, let's go with the six of you then. Harlan G, please go ahead. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you for to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm so glad to be part of it. I'm Harlan. Harlan, we lost you. Am I there now? Yes, I hear oh, you. Okay, then. sorry about that. Yes, I I missed the class yesterday and unmuting. Sorry. Thank you for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Honesty for me was one of the layers of the onion that came later. I lied when the truth would have served me better. I lied to myself. I lied to others. It started out as, did you eat this, fill in the blank, and of course me saying no. There was something inherent in me as a child, as a young, young child, that said, if I am honest with you, you will not like me, you will abandon me, you will abuse me, you will reject me that existentially I am wrong, so I am going to have to become something other than who I really am. If you were a Democrat, I was a Democrat. If you were a Republican, I was a Republican. If you liked red, I liked red. Whatever that may be to try to get you not to abandon me. And that never really worked, but I kept doing it anyway because I didn't know what else to do. And there were some conclusions that I had to come to. We hear this on the line all the time. How free do you want to be? Freedom for me comes from living in the world of the Spirit. And the world of the Spirit for me means that today I can look in the mirror and know that I can be honest with you about everything and anything. And if you reject me, I'm sorry, but life will go on. That means that I am the person through these steps that God intended me to be all along. Who I am, what I like, where I'm at, 
what my opinion is are fine. And if you disagree with those things, we can either come to amiable middle ground or not. But I'm not going to live my life anymore trying to be somebody that I'm not so that you won't reject me. And the freedom is unbelievable. The emancipation of honesty is beyond description. There is nothing in this world that I have found that is as liberating as living the life that God intended me to live. And that only can come through the working of these steps. I can love you. I can respect you. I can cherish you. I don't have to try to be you. I don't have to try to replicate your opinions and your doctrines. I am me, you are you, we are us. And I know that sounds crazy, but if God wanted a duplication of any of us, one of us is a waste. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan G. from Scottsdale, Arizona. Irene B., Did you call me? Irene B. Yes, yes, sorry, I missed it. I was unmuting. Uh, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, we must be entirely honest. For me, that means I, you must be able to see, because Lord knows I try to be honest. There's no need for the false selves. I just need to be the best that God intended me to be. But for me, I don't have the power to do this. But program has enabled me to tap into this infinite power so I can be what I was meant to be. And there's a scripture that says uh, that God's power is made perfect in my weakness, and I love that because Oh, my gosh, thank God I'm so weak that God's power. And thank God for a program that enables me to access that power. And, um, yeah, you have to be honest. So I'm honest. I try to be to the best of my ability with my therapist, my sponsor. They help me process my daily situations and struggles. But my God squad and my daily 10-step partners they're also an amazing set of loving eyes that help me see the truth. They help me see my part, so important, as well as my beauty. Yeah, I'm not rotten to the core. I'm not damaged goods. I'm not unlovable. I'm not a monster. Now, I know that that I need to be able to to say what my problem is. In order to do that, I need to be honest. But I couldn't do that because I was so numb and my defense mechanisms had built a 10-foot barrier to my true self. And that water had to throw out because I had no visibility to my true self. I had I had no ability to be honest because I was so numb and so disconnected. But abstinence 
oh my gosh, everybody, the therapist, you guys, everybody, got to put the foot down, got to have abstinence before you can really heal, before you can be honest, before you can really see. But So abstinence, therapy, and program have all worked together very much so. So slowly everything stalls out and that barrier that keeps me from being able to see is disappearing slowly. And um, I know that without the tools of the abstinence and the therapist and the sponsors and the program, I know that I, I would stay I'm bulimic until the day I die. So I need to learn to see my part. Okay. I need to learn to be honest. And with that, the fourth and fifth step got me there. And I guess it's time for me to go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. Do L. Good morning, everyone. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Warrior from New York. Um, yeah, I was looking at this and I was thinking that, you know, when it talked about the religious denomination and how it requires confession um, and you know, properly appointed authority. Um, I was thinking that was that applied in 1939 because there were limited amounts of people. They were scattered all over, and um, and sometimes they didn't. They only had the big book with them, and they didn't have somebody else to share their story with. And so it, it required, you know, them going uh, maybe to um, a denomination or somewhere where they could um, confess this step to someone else honestly. But, you know, we're in 2019 and that's not our case anymore, right? Uh, We have an abundance of people that are recovered. We have an abundance of people that can hear our stories, they're called sponsors, and we could tell our story to that individual. If we're already working with someone, you know, that is, pretty much um, the setup today, right? Like, you know, you could go um, and choose to do that, right? And who better else to do it with than with the person that you're working with? But I've also encountered that some sponsors, they don't have the experience of the sponsee, and they may have to refer to someone else that may have that experience. And I've known that some people, when it comes to um, sexual wreckage, they have referred their sponsees to me. And so what I do is I work with the sponsee and I work with the sponsor. I work with both of them to kind of like give them some guidelines of how I've done the fourth and fifth step uh, in this situation. And I've given them my experience, uh, strength and hope. And then I, I kind of like encourage that person to go back to their sponsor and tell their story to their sponsor, because if they're going to be working with that person, I think that's the best fit, right? Because they they need to know their whole story. Um, I I may be a transitional person that can uh, do that for them, but, you know, basically it's the sponsor who would better better service that person. So, I I mean, I see that today, um, that that's the way to work these steps. And the person needs to be entirely uh, honest, you know, in order to uh, to to get free from uh, this step. And 
Uh, I tell you, it works because I've seen it work over and over and over again. And it, it doesn't have to be uh, very complicated. We have an easy process today. It's not like the first 100 men and women uh, that had to go to all these different uh, hoops to get this. But we have just to follow what the directions are here. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Duel. Ilana P. Thank you. My name is Ilana P. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm so grateful uh, to be here this morning. Um, so I also read We Must Be Entirely Honest. And when I very first came into the program, um, I, I, I was so early in, in recovery, if that's what you could call it at that time, it was in the mid-70s, and I didn't trust anybody, and I certainly was not going to go to some uh, religious person. I mean, that was just not in consideration. So the only person I felt like I could share a lot of things with was my psychiatrist, because at that time, I didn't understand that this was a disease. I thought I was mentally ill, seriously, and... Um, so that's what I did, and then I actually wrote an autobiography for my fourth step. I took it over to the psychiatrist's house probably on a weekend afternoon. Uh, he listened to it and said a few things, and then, um, as was done by people around me at that time, I burned it in his fireplace. And um, I, I know I was as honest as I could have been at that time, and I thought that, okay, it's all done now, you know, as it burned in the fireplace. And over the years, of course, that wasn't true. And I had to revisit a lot of um, almost all the areas. Um, but now when I read this, uh, I'm just so grateful that I was able to start where I was. And I do things differently today uh, because of this program and because especially of this meeting. And I'm just grateful to be here. And thank you very much. Pass. Thank you, Alana P. I can't tell. Uh, someone may be unmuted um, that doesn't realize it if you want to check your phone. And before Sandy S. goes, I'll just tell you if you got on late. Uh, this is Rebecca F. And we read the last paragraph on page 73 um, that begins with, we must be entirely honest. There's some clicking going on. Let's hope that uh, that goes away. Sandy S., go right ahead. Sandy S. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I also resonated with We Must Be Entirely Honest. Um, I think for me, the biggest dishonesty is just not valuing who I am. And, you know, I loved what was previously shared. Um, I always, from a young age, wanted to be someone else. I just felt who I was it was just too painful. You know, I just, it was just too painful to be me. And um, this has been a lifelong process of God healing me of this. And it's, it's not something that 
I have power to change. I mean, I realized a long time ago this is self, so self-destructive. This constant what I do is compare myself with other people. And, and just, you know, it, it's something I'm powerless over. Just as powerless as I was over the food. By the grace of God, God has healed me with the food area. But I'm still a work in progress in terms of valuing who I am, especially when I'm having an emotionally distressing day and it's really related to all my inner stuff. It's not related to reality. And at that point, to really be honest and say, Sandy, this is going to pass. This moment of distress is going to pass. This is not who you are. You know, so all I could say is for me, the honesty really is about openly acknowledging all my gifts that God has given me. I mean, I find that very difficult to do. For me, I wanted to tell everybody what was wrong with me. I don't know what that is. You know, I come from a family with no filters, so it's just whatever's on my mind, I've got to share. I don't have to do that today. By the grace of God, I can pause, have a choice, and choose to tell people not only what's wrong with me, but all the many things that God has made right with me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sandy S. I believe you said you're from Asheville, North Carolina. Kathy G. Thank you, Rebecca. And good morning, everyone. It's Kathy G. from Illinois. I'm Kathy with a C. Um, and I just wanted to, and I am recovered, but I'm grateful for that today. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live longer happily in this world. And I must be entirely honest with you if I am to continue to live long or happily in this world. So I just wanted to say that that's very important for the fifth step and it's very important every single day as I move forward and just continue to die to self and just go deeper and deeper, layer by layer. And uh, I just had an exceptionally hard day yesterday. You know how some of those mornings you just wake up and from the moment you wake up, it just feels, I call them quicksand days where it's just like, ah, everything just felt a little challenging yesterday. And I ended up having, my doctor sent me to the hospital for further exploration of some things that are going on and um, just had uh, something come up from the IRS and something over here and over there. And it was just kind of one thing after another. And all of a sudden, thoughts of Lindor peppermint milk chocolate truffles came dancing into my head. And I just thought, oh, man. I was like, oh, I see that. I see that. It's like an old friend coming to try to give me some comfort. But it really wasn't a friend. It was a lying friend. But in the moment, it just seemed like such a good idea. And that's how I knew that I had to be entirely honest with somebody if I expected to continue to live happily in this world. 
So I talked to my sponsor, we created an action plan. I had to make myself available for a couple other people, which I did. And I just have to say, God never fails to amaze me. He came right into the mix and people were looking for help with step tens and they just happened to share stories where part of them dealt with exactly the struggle that I was going through. So when we dare to be honest, we can trust that we will be met, you know, by God, by our higher power. It just shows up extraordinarily. It happens to me in this program time after time. So uh, I'm very grateful to be here abstinent today with you and to be uh, diving into more honesty. And I would welcome calls from anybody who's going deeper. I'm doing her okay. I've got some stuff really making me feel raw and going um, deeper and even looking things at things like coffee, salt, you know, in abstinence that weren't even on my radar list before. So anyway, grateful to be here. Love you all. And I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Kathy G. So uh, who else would like to share on this paragraph at the bottom of 73? That Katie G from Boston. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hi, Katie G. No, that's fine. Katie G. Cigarette S. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say cigarette S? S, like Frank. Cigarette F as in Frank. Okay, and then who was after cigarette? Nancy P. Nancy P. Christina J. C. Christina J., was it? Yes. Okay, and then Suzanne after Christina, Suzanne Paula D. H. Sam. Okay, Paula I'm H. going to stop there. Uh, Paula H. Okay, and was there a Sam? I'll see if there's time. Yes, Sam okay. F. Okay, I think that might be more than as many as we have, but we'll see how it goes. I have Katie G., Pete B., Sigrid F., Nancy P, Christina J, Suzanne P, Paula H, and Sam S. Katie G, go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered from multiple overeater in Boston. And um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a very secretive home, and I thought for a long time, you know, I used to have a sponsor, and she'd say, I'm a liar, I'm a liar, I'm a liar. And that's just not true for me. I'm not a liar. I lie because I'm a fearful person, right? Fear is the core um, defect of, <clears throat> of my character from which, for me, all other you know, negative behaviors come. So I lie because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that you're, you're going to find out that I'm not good enough, that I'm, that I'm you know, a piece of you-know-what, that you're going to reject me, uh, I'm going to be abandoned. And so then I try and be somebody that I, that I think you want. I manipulate. I try and read your mind. Um, and, you know, the lies definitely are, you know, for me, were, um, there was a lot of sexual conduct that I had to get out of the way. Um, but also, I mean, the deeper lies are, like, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way you feel, right? Like that there's something wrong with me. If you, if there's something going on in your life and it's not going on in mine, that there's something wrong with me. Or um, I'm trying to think what else. That that um, like the way I would hold people hostage um, and the way my mind, you know, I I don't have just fear, right? I have self-centered fear. And so if I am in a place of self-centered fear, I can be walking around. Let's say I'm afraid I'm going to be abandoned. And you can show up and you can look at me like, 
um, you know, I don't know, maybe you're not, maybe you don't say hi to me. And because I have that self-centered fear, I immediately tell myself, I'm so important, right? I'm so important that you, uh, that you are going to abandon me, that that is a sign that you're going to abandon me. These, these lies that I tell myself about who I am, that I'm the most important person in the room, you know, this, this self-centered ego, and the truth is I'm not that important. I don't really matter that much. But what happened is when I, I mean, the first place I had to be honest, was with the food, was with the things that I was doing with food. And I think for me as a compulsive overeater, there are ways that I have used food in abstinence. I have taken food and dressed it up. I've taken abstinent food and turned it into a pancake. Well, my book tells me I cannot safely use it in any form at all. So what am I doing creating forms out of my food, right? Or, um, you know, chewing $400 worth of gum a month. Well, it's technically sugar-free, right? But I had no ability, right, to be honest with anyone else if I couldn't get honest about the food. And from there, <clears throat> excuse me, it continued. And for me, this step five continues to be about settling in to who God would have me be, right? It doesn't mean necessarily throwing up all over people, but being the woman that God wants me to be, um, a woman of honor, dignity, and grace, if I can stay abstinent and work, continue in these steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. from Boston. Pete B. Hi, good morning, y'all. Pete, uh, Pete B., compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. I think my headset's going to die, so I'll try to talk quick. But uh, it says here, right, a couple of musts, right? Some One of these musts a lot of people tend to overlook, right? One of them says we must be entirely honest, and we have to talk a lot about honesty in these rooms, you know, and there's a really, really fine line between honesty and stupidity. Some of us cross it on a regular basis, myself included. And the other must says that those of us belonging to a religious denomination, which requires confession must. And of course, we want to go to the properly appointed authority, right? So it gives us instructions, right? But I love, I love the, the fact that this, these paragraphs that we're reading identify the criteria, right? And the criteria is somebody. We have to remember, right, the book says that we admit it to God, to ourselves, and another human being. We, we tend to put so much emphasis on the other human being, right? It doesn't say that the person that we, that we, that we do our fists up with needs to understand the situation. They need to understand our problem. And what is our problem or our dilemma? Our dilemma is lack of power. Right? The fifth step is not a, a uh, therapy session. The fifth step is an opportunity for us to share, most importantly, with God and in, in an act of humility with another human being, the nature, not the wrong, the nature of the wrong. Right? Like, again, you know, again, we have to be very, very careful because this dance is on the line of, you know, is this therapy? Is this a treatment? Is this a, what is it? This is, this is an act of humility by going to God, most importantly, to ourselves and another human being. The emphasis, right, they make a very, very small, it's a very, very small qualification. What's it say? Somebody. Somebody. They have to understand our problem. The problem is lack of dilemma. They don't have to have experience with the situation that has caused us this dilemma, right? We have outside resources for that. Right? It just has to be somebody, right? It's not the effectiveness and the, and, and the success of this, this, this step does not depend upon the quality of the individual I share it with. It has nothing to do with the individual I share it with. 
It has to do with how well I'm being honest with the nature of the wrongs. And I'll give you back 30 seconds with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete B. from Pennsylvania. Sigrid F. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Yes, the concept of complete, total honesty is you know, absolutely paramount. But I think for me, I have to consider it in the context of my loving God and higher power who reveals to me over the course of my journey, which is almost six years in January, where my thinking was not normal. Um, so I, I am a perfectionist, and that is harmful. I, I don't, that is not who God wants me to be, right? The, the perfectionist isn't the one that is, that's the one who's really dishonest um, to a large degree. And I could apply this paragraph to that and just throw my hands up in the air and say, well, I'll forget the whole thing because I'm not completely honest. But that's really not the case, right? Because I'm only the me that needs to come out with this program and with the help of my higher power can only do that with my higher powers, my higher powers guidance and in our time. So as I'm ready, things are revealed to me and I realize, oh, you know, I should have had a V8, right? That's what was going on in my head and where my thinking was wrong and can be a little bit more honest each and every day and each time I do a fourth step and reveal a fifth step. Thanks for letting me share. Wishing everyone a beautiful day. Thanks. Secret F. Nancy P. Hi, this is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks so much for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Um, so, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in the world. I would say, as usual, long and happily, because um, I don't want to live unhappily. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know how to be honest. The only thing that I did without my sponsor's guidance was identify my alcoholic foods. And I say that often to sponsees um, because there was one item on my alcoholic food list that I thought, it's really neither fish nor fowl. Do I really need to put this down? But I wanted to get better so desperately that I flung myself out into that void and said, I'm going to write this this item down. It was just, that was like, I was so desperate to surrender. I was so desperate to get better that I did the only honest thing that I, you know, knew how to do. And, and I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm not very acquainted with that, with honesty. You know, I hadn't been very acquainted with it. I didn't know. I was like everybody else. I lied when the truth would have served me better because I didn't know how. I didn't know how to tell the truth. Um, but this is so vital. It's life and death. If I don't do this, then I have to just go back to step one. And that was my history for the 47 years that I was in program before I came, you know, before I recovered. Um, that I just didn't know how to be honest. And, 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 and I just took that one tiny little step, which was, you know, had I, I had surrendered. And so I was able to take that one little tiny step. And you know, I, like others have said, I, I um, read it to my sponsor. And, you know, the main thing that I suffer from, other than, you know, the compulsive overeating is a symptom of it, is I suffer from a bad case of the self. 
And I'm not special. I'm not special at all. I'm not the only one that has, you know, problems in my life. I'm married. I have children. I have, you know, bills. I have all the things that everybody else has, right? I'm not special. Everybody has it. doesn't matter what the specifics are. But if I want to get better, I have to do every single thing it says in this book, every single thing without fail, immediately and as hard as I can do it. And that's what I do. I was telling somebody on the phone yesterday that the time that you spend working on this is like getting ready, perpetually getting ready for a really important date. You know, I got to make phone calls. I got to make sure my food's bought and weighed and measured. I got to, you know, listen to the meeting. I have to sponsor people. I mean, it's never ending. You know, I say this, I've said this before. I eat, I sleep, I take care of my family. And 80% of what's left in 24 hours is spent on this program, on my recovery. You know, making sure it's like taken care of, that it's, you know, plumped up and, and, and nurtured. And um, it started with that list that I made that I was honest. The one thing that my sponsor said to make a list of your, you know, your alcoholic foods and we'll talk about them. Okay. And that, that one tiny piece of honesty started my whole recovery. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Christina J., while you're unmuting, I just want to let people who got on late know that we're at the bottom of page 73 to the top of 74, and that Sam S., I think we will have time for you, so hang in there. Christina J., go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for everyone on the line. Um, gosh, I was listening going, well, what could I add to this? Well, again, I had my experience, strength, and hope. When I came into vision, I heard the word honesty thrown around quite a bit, and I, I thought, well, I'm honest. What, what's the big deal? What's what's this honesty about? I'm honest, you know. And um, my first tackle with that came when I was reporting my food to my sponsor, and uh, I had to be honest that I made a change. I had to be honest that I screwed around with my food. And that felt horrifying to me because, uh, you know, I had to be perfect. <laughs> and I just couldn't report such a thing. But uh, what I found out in being honest, it was freeing. It freed me. I could be honest, and it freed me because my sponsor understood because she'd screwed around her food, too. So that was my first uh, <clears throat> encounter with this honesty thing. Uh must be entirely honest. Uh, like Sandy, I wanted to tell everybody everything in my life that had to do with all my victimhood. And in that, I encountered people who did not understand and stared at me in horror, especially if I mentioned anything about the food. But, you know, I did some things, and uh, so I would get in spiritual circles and stay, say my stuff, but most people in spiritual circles, well, at least in mine, that I've encountered uh, weren't dealing with food issues. <clears throat> so they would just, like, the room would go silent when I would start talking about some of my shit. Uh, but with all that said, there are things I'm not honest about um, because the fear of being found out is horrifying on some level to me. Um, and today I have to watch for dishonesty around my actions and food and the real subtle things because those are the things that always creep up and get me. Yesterday I did two actions that were dishonest. They weren't huge, but they were because I knew in my heart something wasn't right about what I was doing. And so today I'm going to be honest with someone uh, in program about this because someone in, the, in program will understand and get this. Um, and the thing is, if I don't be honest and tell someone, I mean, I, I'm already driven crazy. I woke up several times during the night going, oh, my God, I can't believe those two small things happened. And now they're driving me crazy like a thorn in my side. Um, so to watch for this dishonesty and take care of it. Uh, and my sponsor helped me with this when I did my fourth step and giveaway and my fifth. A sponsor in this program could help me through. 
to what my parts were and guide me. Uh, I knew I could trust my sponsor. For uh, So for me, that's what these paragraphs are guiding us to, is who can we be entirely honest with? Someone who understands, the very word, understands. For me, it's dangerous to just spew out my honesty anymore to anyone now. Uh, but the good and great news is that I have a sponsor in all of you, and I don't have to have fear and live in remorse and regret and self-hate that uh, would lead me to that first Linden chocolate, like someone mentioned earlier. And I saw those yesterday when I went out shopping. I was like, oh, my God, I remember when I used to just go out every year and pile those in. But uh, honesty, to un- unveil this stuff, to let it air out, to get it up and out of us and not stuff it down with food is key to that uh, opening within us that then the sunlight of the spirit mm-hmm. in our heart can go in and fill that place. So for me, uh, there's no choice. I I don't have a psychiatrist that I want to be honest to. I don't have a minister that I want to be honest to. Uh, Anybody in my life who understands me, you guys do. My sponsor does, and that's who I'm always going to give a, well, with God guiding, of course, (laughs) Uh, give my fifth away. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Suzanne P., Hi, this is Suzanne. Hi, this is Suzanne D. As in dog. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, I um, just wanted to share. Um, I'm really grateful for the previous shares um, because this whole idea of honesty. Um, and I think when I think about it, and I think about, you know, when I came into program um, 16 years ago. Uh, I had no idea what honesty was, and um, and I didn't trust anybody to be honest with, and I couldn't be honest with myself. Um, and and part of that has to do with, you know, growing up in this denial, you know, of addiction in my family. Um, and you know, I remember somebody said to me, "Denial is don't even know I am lying," and uh, and I didn't. I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was a people pleaser. Um, I didn't know I would seek approval above all else, almost like a drug or almost like the food. Um, but like somebody else said, like the first honest thing I said was I am a compulsive overeater. <clears throat> and um, and that began the journey. And the whole um, definition of honesty has changed so much over the years and 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 for today i am really grateful because of the healing of the 12 steps i can be honest about who i am and i can be honest about my feelings and um and i was in a situation last night i was with my sponsor and um you know i was being honest about my feelings and clearly didn't approve and um and it, and it was hard. It was hard um, for me to not get that approval um, in that moment. Um, and so I just need to share about that today because um, I want it. I still want that approval. It still feels like um, like that's what I need. And um, and I know for today, I know it's not really what I need. Um, and I probably need to have a conversation with her about it. Um, which is hard, but I need to be honest because one of the things that it said is to be honest with someone else. Like, 
I need her to know. I need her to know in order to have that, to feel like she loves me for me. Like if I'm not being honest, then she's not loving me. She's loving somebody else. And so in order to feel that love, I need to be honest about um, who I am and what I feel. And and today I, I, I can do that, but I need to pray to God for courage to do that because for me it takes a lot of courage to be that kind of honest. Um, and so I'm just going to say um, and commit that I'm going to call my sponsor and be honest with her. <laughs> so anyway, I just... Um, yeah grateful for this meeting and uh, thanks for letting me share thank you Suzanne D Paula H hi this is Carla H oh Uh, Carla H okay Okay, hi Um, yeah when I um, heard the um, person the uh, reader read um, entirely honest 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 and for me, you know, because I'm constantly breaking and, and I have to be honest because I want to be honest, it's just very scary for me. It makes me, you know, feel um, a lot of anxiety, makes me feel that, um, you know, oh my gosh, my sponsor's going to drop me. Uh, oh, my gosh, I mean, I'm never going to get it. And but through it all, I still be honest because that's what I must do to get, you know, recovery. And uh, when I was talking to my big book sponsor, and I was sharing with her, you know, as we was reading through the big book um, about, you know, how I really felt about, oh, I would never get this, and I keep going back and forth and having a couple of months of abstinence, then breaking and then binging a couple of, couple of days. And um, she helped me to be able to see that once I do put the food down, um, I have so much clarity. I don't crave the food as much. And she had to really remind me how God is moving. I'm like, God's not answering my prayer with the food. I've been praying all my all these years. But, it, you know, he does answer my prayer. The moment I put the food down, um, I have so much clarity and I have so much peace in the food that's not even calling my name. And there's times where I, many times where I have to say, okay, it's time for you to eat because it's like the desire for eating really leaves. And so... Also, um, just really, really going back to being like, you know, entirely absent as well for me in this re- redoing that um, list because I misplaced the list and I need to send it to my food sponsor as well. And just today, I'm just like, I'm going to rewrite it. I'm not going to search for the book. I'm just going to rewrite it. I know what my, um, I know what my alcoholic foods are. And um, and if I forget something, I can always put it on the list later. So I'm grateful to just being honest and just being able to be willing through the through my fears, through the rejection that I may feel, uh, even though I have not got that. But just through all those fears and just saying, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I might be totally honest through all my visions, through all my breaks, and just hoping today I can just stay absent. Thank you. Thank you, Carla H. Sam S., I'm afraid I miscalculated. Um, we have run out of time. So I want, I'm want. i hoping that you'll share at the beginning of the next hour or tomorrow. Um, sorry about that, everybody. Um, so that 
Okay, I'm a little thrown off here. Thank you for everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Friday, December 6, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 13,768. That's 13768. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Cindy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. This is Cindy M. from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Thank you for letting me serve today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.